I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What? A comics podcast for the Savage Critics website. Welcome to part one of episode 51. In it, Graham McMillan and I discuss Miles Morales, the new Ultimate Spider-Man, the legal discussion regarding Marvel and Jack Kirby, Nick Spencer's Secret Avengers, Alan Moore, and what the subject of the Wait, What? Lifetime original movie would be. It's slightly more than an hour of funny book blabbity-blab with part two right around the corner. Enjoy it, and thanks for listening. Hello there. Well, hello. Oh, there Hi, all. <laughs> okay, I'm, I can talk to you now. The reason I couldn't talk to you was I was listening to, have you heard this, Glenn Beck talking about Spider-Man, and I had to switch it off. No. Oh, man. Glenn Beck, Glenn Beck, first of all, is insane, and I think we all know this. Mm-hmm. However, Glenn Beck uh, is basically saying that, oh, the new Spider-Man is half black because Michelle Obama asked Joe Casada to make it happen. It's 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 amazing. And actually includes him being like, I don't care if he's half Latino, and then he more or less goes on to be like, but he's black, and that troubles me. <laughs> what? He also goes, he looks just like President Obama. And it's like, no. Yeah, he does. Hey, what the wow. Yeah, it, it it was it it was stunning. Anyway, that I I while you were like hello, I actually couldn't even hear you because for some reason the Glenn Beck feed was so loud that it drives out everything else. So hello, uh, I couldn't talk to you because I was listening to Glenn Beck, and that's possibly the only time I will ever say those words. I, to you. I pray to God that it is. I would hate to see, call you next week and you're like, oh hello, hold on a second, let me turn down the Glenn yes. Beck. Mr. Beck is just making a very good point about the free market economy. <laughs> yeah, let's really hope that doesn't happen to you, Graham. That would not be a good deal. Well, so, hmm, well, I guess we have our first topic all laid out for us uh, on a nice little platter, should we wish, which is Glenn Beck. Uh, it's got Glenn Beck, threat or menace? <laughs> <laughs> the answer, of course, both. Indeed, in extreme amounts. Uh, yeah, wow. Well, um, God, you know, I guess there's not going to be nearly as much coverage of Spider Island as I had anticipated. I love the idea that what's going to happen is you're going to get people who are going to rush out to, like, I mean, try and sell, to buy this issue, you know, and hopefully they'll more it's, copies it's of the, the wrong Spider-Man type. Yeah, it's, it's the crazy thing. It's like, okay, new Spider-Man, he's in something called Ultimate Fallout, and if you buy the Spider-Man comic, it's a different Spider-Man. Yeah. It's yeah. like, wow, great rollout, everyone. Well, because, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Everyone knew that this is, I mean, this is the best case scenario. You roll out a parallel world Spider-Man, and nobody knows what the fuck that means, and they're like, Spider-Man's black? What? What but have they that's, done? That's the funny thing. I, I'm, like, the beginning of the Glenn Beck piece. He's, he tries to explain the continuity, and he's like, I don't understand this. He's like, so I guess there's two Spider-Man, and Peter Parker's alive in the real universe? <laughs> and it's kind of like, that's your problem. So we like try to explain this to people. Okay, so there's two different universes. Actually, there's lots of universes, but there's two different universes. And in one of them, which is the ultimate one, Peter Parker's <laughs> dead and replaced by another one. But P- Peter Parker's still alive in the regular universe. See, people are just... You know, it's, it's like, what? Maybe they've been trained by Lost. I mean, the thing that's crazy about it is, is back in the old days... 
the media would have done enough research on it that it would have been like, eh, it's a non-story. But now, like, the media is just so like headlines, hits, whatever we need, let's get it. Yes, by all means. Exactly. A black Spider-Man? Yes, please. <laughs> totally. Just anything to sell, some, move some copies, get some eyeballs. And so in that sense, you know, hooray, Marvel has once again managed to, for a while, they had, you know, kind of fallen behind on the zeitgeist, and either the zeitgeist has gotten cynical enough that they're back on pace together or something. I don't know. Like they- uh, I, I just... I don't know, I feel really weirdly ambivalent about this whole Spider-Man story. Oh, I know, and it's going to be great talking about it, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, and I don't mean that in a, I actually mean that in a media like, ooh, the eyeballs are going to be crazy on this one. Uh, no, 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 no. It's just like, the reason I feel ambivalent about it as a fan mm-hmm. is it's really cynically done. Mm-hmm. And I want to... Like, I want to like the character. I have no problem with the replacement Spider-Man beyond the fact that it's really cynically done. But from what I've seen, and I've not read the issue yet, I've only seen the stuff that's online, he seems to be a generic Bendis character. And that just, that feels like a completely wasted opportunity. It's like, hey, we've got this new Spider-Man. A lot of people are going to be paying attention to him. But he sounds just like the other Spider-Man. Well, of course. I I mean... No, but you know what I mean? Like, I I feel, I really... That's what sort of makes me sad. It's like, on the one hand, Bendis is, and me saying this is going to sound ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> Can't ben, wait. But ben, Bendis is a writer with integrity. Uh-huh. But you know what I mean, though? He, he Okay, Bendis is a writer with more integrity than, for example, uh, Mark Miller. Or, I'd argue, Matt Fraction. Mm. Or a lot of other writers at Marvel. Mm-hmm. All right, but but the especially when it comes to the Spider-Man franchise, the Ultimate Spider-Man franchise. Sure. Well, However, yes, Bendis can pretty much only write. Let's be generous. Three characters, mm-hmm. four characters, mm-hmm. um, and so I kind of feel that whatever. Um, positives that Marvel can get away with by saying, look, we're being multicultural, it's about time, mm-hmm. are going to be entirely pissed away by the fact that he's going to sound like a... He's going to sound like the original Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be nothing authentic about him or original about him. He's going to sound like Peter Parker, who himself sounded like this you know 40 odd year old bald white Jewish guy from Portland uh-huh. Uh-huh. and so I, I, I don't know I just do you know what I mean or am I, I mean just no 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 but well okay here oh, see so here's here's my thing and I'm trying to figure out like I've got two totally divergent contexts here uh, and um, let's see if I can like, make my point without coming off like a, an absolute dickhead. But way well, back I, I, when, I feel like I'm skating close to the dickheads. See, this is why I thought this conversation is going to be great because there's just going to be no way that we're going to be able to to walk out of this. I think unscathed. But that being said, let's give this a try. But do you remember this this little show um, uh, called Star Trek? 
I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I, I've heard of it. Yeah, okay. So I don't know if you're familiar with it, enough with it, but there was a, a spinoff show called Deep Space Nine back in the, gosh, was that the late 80s or early? Yeah, I guess that, early that, 90s. Early 90s uh, yeah, I want to say it was like 91 maybe. Yeah, 91, 92, right. So, or actually, I think even later because it came on after I moved back from Los Angeles. So 93, 94, something like that. So I had seen, uh, thanks to Friends Within Friends, I had seen sort of the the uh, Bible for the show as it came together, and they they had this thing where the the captain of Deep Space Nine, uh, you know, this guy named uh, Ben Cisco, he was supposed to be like a complete variation from all the other Star Trek captains that they had had on all their various Star Trek shows, by which I mean, I guess, both of them at that point. Whereas the other captains had been kind of like, you know, hard-ass guys or passionate guys. He'd been a guy who'd been through, like, personal trauma and tragedy. Uh, Yeah, Cisco was like the, the scarred one. Exactly. And so maybe your take on this is going to be different from mine, but my feeling was that once they went and they cast uh, Avery Brooks as as Captain Ben Sisko, the nature of the character changed. Like, you're not going to have a... You're not going to show your first, you know, African-American starship captain, and you're not going to have him be kind of a burnout fuck-up who's in control of an outpost that nobody wants that is kind of sick of things and is not willing to do federation do it the federation way because he's um you know right on the edge of being burnt out and fucked up you know what i mean like yeah, all of a yeah, sudden no, no no i know but yeah. at the same time you were also never going to get that because of star trek no but see and this is my thing is is of course what happened was they put out this whole idea of what star trek was and then they retreated from it you know what I mean? And uh, I mean, of what they were going to make, they're like, ooh, we're going to push the borders of Star Trek. And it's going to be like a dangerous outpost. And it's going to be like a burnout captain. And you're going to see stuff you're never going to, you haven't seen before. And then basically, no, not really. You know, it took them a couple of seasons to figure out where to go in another different direction that was edgy, but without that patina. So I submit that. Once you take Spider-Man and you get a new Spider-Man and you make him black, it is super, super, super important that essentially you kind of can't do him differently. At least if this character is going to be around for a while, maybe as people get more comfortable with it, you can. But it's super important right out of the gate that you make him be as Spider-Man-y as Spider-Man can be. Sure, you know but I mean? you can but you can do that without him making without making him Peter Parker. He can be a guy who is funny and has you know, is awkward socially and everything in a different way. I I Do you know what I mean? Like sure. all you have to do is not have him sound like Peter Parker. And yet the things that have been released sound just like Peter Parker. And knowing what Bendis does, Mm -hmm. he's going to sound just like Peter Parker. Apart from, and this is my worst case scenario, and it's offensive to Bendis to say this, Mm -hmm. but I'm worried that at some point there'll be some horrible, like, random, just 
cultural reference, they're like, oh, he's black. Right. Do you know what I mean? He'll be like, I've got to get me some soul food. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm, that's my worst case scenario, but it's also what I'm really afraid of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you no. would essentially have Peter Parker, except he's black, and every now and again he'll be like, yes, I was listening to some dope rap music. Yeah, well, and what I'm saying is is it would actually probably be better if they just make him Peter Parker. Just make him Peter Parker. I mean, this is the thing that is terrifying and depressing and kind of fascinating to me is just the fact that they have made this character black. The number of people that are just like, I object. It's like... Oh, God, it's horrible. Did you, see, did you see the person on the beat yesterday calling the character Spiggerman? Yeah, I was just like... Holy fucking shit. I know, I know. I was just like, dude, really? Like, also, uh, between that and Lawrence Fishburne being announced as Perry White, <laughs> did, did you see the hilarious comment a racist says who was like, his name is Perry White? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, that's not a description. <laughs> We're thinking maybe Perry Asian, but then we thought Perry White. I mean, <laughs> you know, that was what felt better for us. Exactly. Was, oh my God. Oh Lord. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. The Lawrence Fishburne thing. I mean, that's just goofy. I mean, so, so I, I think it was Mark Bernard who said on Twitter, and I think he's entirely right. Mm-hmm. Whatever you think, the Lawrence Fishburne is Perry White. Just think about the fact of if Lawrence Fishburne was your boss and he told you to get something done or else, you'd get it done. Yeah. And I was like, sure, I can buy that. If that if that's the parry they're going to go for, great. I mean, you know, my first reaction to it is honestly what I think everyone's first reaction should be, which is like, but Perry White is such a nothing role, and like Lawrence Fishburne is such a good actor. I mean, sure, I guess it's a step up from CSI, I guess, but you know, I I, mean, I don't know if it is. To be fair. See, I mean, it's just it's one of those things where I'm just you know, like, why can't we have the proper reaction to it? Which is just like, really, that seems like a kind of a waste of a part for him. Not like, oh, like suddenly Perry White's like this huge iconic thing. No, that, but maybe Perry White's gonna have a bigger role in the movie. Ah, maybe. Like, it's, it's unlikely, uh, but, but know, I do love it, how you can now be like Frank Langella, Michael McKean, Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, <laughs> That's wow. your most recent Perry Whites. Mm, you you forget, it wasn't Jackie Cooper like he, uh, uh, in in the in the uh, Reeve movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, yeah, went in a steam tradition. Uh, I don't know. I I but yeah, no. I mean, it. So to me, it's like if you want the reaction that Marvel's shooting for, like I mean, apparently there is just a whole mess of crazy still in this country. Oh, God. but you kind of knew that, right? Uh, you know, I mean, just just think about uh, the Night Runner thing when Marvel had that uh, Night Runner and the Batman annual. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, that was clearly out there. And honestly, I think the Black Spider-Man, as much as like, yeah, Donald Glover's Twitter campaign, I honestly think it's much more baiting people. I, th- I think it's like, hey, we'll do a Black Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That will get people upset. I, mm-hmm. I I would not be surprised if that is at least half the thinking in making this happen. Well, of course. I mean, isn't it more or less established that Mark Miller came out with the I came up with the idea? No, Mark Miller came up with the idea of killing him off. I want to say that Bendis is actually the one behind Miles what's his last name? Uh it's Milano? I don't know. It's it's M M. It's it's Yeah, it is M M, which I kind of love. Miles Morales, is that Miles Morales. It's Miles yeah. Morales. Yeah. Um and I love that name. So I mean, like, it's such a great 
comic book name and it's it's alliterative like peter parker yeah no i, I like i really 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 like it mm-hmm. uh, the other thing about new spider-man is it just me or when the news was announced yesterday did you not think it's Jaime the blue beetle yeah oh i totally did i mean because i think that uh yeah because i did because i actually feel that that Jaime as the blue beetle was a pretty big turning point um, in in a very low key way for how this shit is getting handled, you know, because Jaime and the Blue Beetle was like, like yeah, it's a multicultural kid and he's basically okay, you know what I mean? Like he, the, I don't know, I I just I really, of course, I really liked uh, the Blue Beetle run. Uh, and I really like that character. So for me, I'm like, yeah, let's do more it's, of that. You yeah, know? It, I really like the run. I really like the character. I love that the character has been accepted, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Especially with everyone being like, Ted Cord is dead. You've killed Ted Cord. I mean, Jaime was really quickly accepted to the point where I think if they brought Ted Cord back, people would be like, well, what's, what's up to Jaime? Instead of yeah. being just over the moon, which is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but but I I think it, in a weird way, it shows that within comics, mm-hmm. you know, when you're not doing it as a USA Today exclusive, but within comics, like fans are perfectly happy to accept multicultural multicultural replacements for white heroes. Yes, until you get the until you get to the bag of snakes, people. You know, crazy is a bag of snakes. But yeah, no, I think actually most of us are. I think that that really was the lesson of the Blue Beetle. It's like everyone's like, "Yeah, this is great," or even the because he was yeah because he was a good character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, totally. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. was the thing, and he didn't play it up. Yeah, it wasn't like, "Oh my God, you guys, his mm-hmm. name's Jaime. You know what that means?" Yeah, it was just like, "Here's here's a guy," mm-hmm. and like Ryan Choi as well. Ryan Choi's ethnicity was not played up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, there, I mean, well, there, there were there were. I don't want to say issues with that series. I found that series both enjoyable and also really difficult to read. Oh, yeah, the Adam the stuff? Yeah, I thought that was actually a Yeah, the Adam stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it um, was a bummer. But I really liked the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I that's mean, like, I, I all really kind of did. And also, I, I like that Ryan seems to be the Adam in the, in the new DCU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, I think that's really exciting. Well, here's something that I want to sort of float out here is, and again, this is a, a, at the risk of, of coming off like a total asshole, is that I think if you have characters that are not shown in the traditional spectrum, you know, if you have characters who are, you know, quote unquote minorities, and you basically do the Silver Age treatment with them. You know what I mean? Of the idea of like, these are decent, good people, and it's not, and you don't make a big deal out of it. That's a big shift. I mean, you you run the risk of basically turning it into just another weird, monochromatic uh, storytelling trick where the characters end up being flat and having no drama or dimension to them. But it's such a nice corrective. You know, there's no... I mean, there is something where it's like being told how great Barry Allen is or how Jordan is or, you know, I mean, now as a retcon sort of thing, 
you know, back in the Silver Age, it's like, oh, these guys, they're just heroes and they're great. And you sort of take that for granted and that's inspiring. And then as time goes on, somehow that isn't enough and you have to come up with reasons why they're super great, you know? But yeah. having having characters who are of, like, different color or different sexual persuasions or people that we know of in our everyday life that just do not get portrayed in the media enough, just showing them out there and not really having to in a way do much more than say than showing them as being like good people is really kind of super empowering I well think. I, again I, I, I keep coming back to DC for this but um, the question mm-hmm. Renee is the question is another of these characters or Batwoman or Kate mm-hmm. Gaines Batwoman are, is another example for me of just making the character work and not concentrating on the sensationalism of oh my god yeah which I think is where Marvel's going wrong here mm-hmm because the way that Marvel is promoting is not it's a new Spider-Man and he's black. Mm-hmm. The way Marvel's promoting is have you seen this black Spider-Man? Oh my god! Right. Well, but the but I'm okay with that as long as see it's almost like you're saying like well it's not what you're saying but I, well, I would rather have <laughs> it be I would rather have that be the marketing and not have that be in the story. Like I would, I'm like, cause you know, Marvel's yeah, going to do I, what I Marvel's going to do, you yes. know, and they're going to do it in the craziest crackheadiest way possible. So I'm perfectly happy for them to be all crazy that way. And what you get is basically like a Spider-Man comic with a new character, you know, that even if they're exactly kind of the same character, like I could, I could work You're with like, that. I'm okay with that. You know, because I think that there is kind of a new, in a sense, uh, for me, if nothing else, it just scrapes off that patina of like, oh, you know, they they can't, well, maybe they will. Maybe they will have this person like suddenly fall into, you know, I'm assuming it's not going to be. He can't hang out with Aunt May and Gwen. Exactly. You know, that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that there's just going to like, they're just going to have stand-ins for those characters and have exactly that dynamic. Do you know what I mean? Except it won't be Aunt May. It'll be some overprotective mother, but she will be Aunt May in everything but name. Sure. Do you know what I mean? But instead of this thin, frail white woman, it'll be this large black woman. Right. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I'm really worried that they're just going to plug these people in it, but the personalities are going to be the same. But at the same time, just yeah. listening to you say this now, mm-hmm. part of me is also thinking, I liked Ultimate Spider-Man before they killed him off. Right. So if all they're doing is Ultimate Spider-Man again, yeah. I'll probably like it. Yeah, and there's more people in there, and I think that that's kind of... Because to me, like you said, I'm a little more worried that if they start making it be the situation where it's like, I don't know. Like his dad's in prison or something like that, you know, where they start edging it more towards these things. I'm like, ah, you know, it's I, I, I think that just like you said, just plugging it in to Ultimate Spider-Man, which you said you you've been enjoying, and I enjoyed some of those original things. Like suddenly, that's just for me. It's just enough juice to make me interested. I worry about when it goes too far, and you get into that weird situation because you know Marvel. Marvel was committed to black superheroes back in the day, and they usually kind of overdid it, you know? Like, Luke Cage, Hero for Hire, those original issues, there's a lot of troubling stuff there. In oh, yeah, ways, oh, yeah, you know? oh, God. Like, yes, you, yes, yes. So, I mean, there's there's kind of a thing of, like, I, I you know, 
<laughs> I I would be happier if you didn't, you know, if, if Miles doesn't start saying sweet Christmas and he's fighting against the drug dealers in his ghetto neighborhood. Exactly. Exactly. Man, I'm telling you, like, just make him a regular kid like the millions of regular African-American kids there, you know, and and just have that just that is such a. It seems frustrating, I know, in a way, because it really doesn't change anything, but in a way, it really does. And it's a really interesting way, I think, to, to goose the narrative, if it's done right. You know, you know what's going to be the sticking point for this, for me, genuinely? Mm-hmm. His origin. Mm-hmm. Because unless they come up with an even vaguely... Um, believable or not believable but but some way to give him spider-man's powers that doesn't completely stretch credibility to ridiculous levels yeah you know if 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 they're just like guess what it's another radioactive spider right then i'll be like oh really yeah whereas if i mean there are actually a lot of ways they can do it Mm -hmm. in in ultimate continuity even Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I think especially in, in Ultimate Continuity, because I feel like, you know, the the history in in the Ultimate Universe has kind of always stressed that uh, Nick Fury and Shield have always taken an interest in Spider Man and have always taken an interest in trying to create that. I suppose. You know? Yeah, and, and also there are you know there is Ben Riley who everyone thought was going to be the new Spider Man. Mm. Is a guy who has Spider-Man's DNA and has created Spider-Man clones in the past. It's not beyond the realms of possibility that he could then do something with that DNA to create another Spider-Man. And in fact, isn't that a plot within Mark Miller's Ultimates? Isn't there another Spider-Man in Mark Miller's Ultimates? Uh, I didn't follow it after Volume 2, so I couldn't tell you. But, you know, I, I think th- I think there are ways to do it. But I guess what I'm worried about is that they're not going to do that. And they're going to be like, it was another accident. Right. And there was another spider. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I think that's where I drop off. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, no, I, no, no, no. I, I it's a, it was it's get a past the, mm-hmm. You didn't think about that. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I would like to think that they seem to have some of this stuff worked out. Just the fact that they finally got around to... You know, they said that they were going to kill off Ultimate Spider-Man and they killed him off. I'm like, okay, well, you know, at least they're sort of halfway paying attention to it. They can't do the usual bait and switch. So I think they, they're oh, going to I, I, I'm more totally to expecting it. a bait and switch down the road. Yeah. I'm totally expecting Peter Parker to be back within the first two years. Oh, if, it, if, if it lasts two years. Hmm. Hmm. Um, in part because Ultimate, the death of Spider-Man storyline. Mm-hmm begins with Norman Osborn being alive, even though he'd been shot in the head before. Oh, and they're like, there's something about that formula that saved your life. Mm-hmm. And his formula is based on the formula that gave right. Spider-Man his powers. Well, so I, I honestly, do, I think they set up their own sure. retcon in there. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, I was I was happy if they were going to have. Did they ever bring back Jessica Drew? You know, ultimate ultimate yeah, Jessica. Yes, yes, they did. Oh. Wait, you mean Spider Woman, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, they did, and then dropped her off the face of the earth again. Really? Again? She she comes back for like one issue. Oh boy, that's really annoying. And that's I I uh, 
I wrote up with Albert, uh, I think, for Newsarama yesterday, like, well, actually two days ago, the who could be Ultimate Spider-Man. And I was like, it could be Spider-Woman. Because she's out there, she's got the powers, and it's not like Bendis hasn't done the bait and switch. It looks like a man, it's really a woman thing before. Right. Back in um, Firestorm with the hyena, so. No, 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 Bendis did it in, no, 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 I in know, Two I Avengers with Echo. With, yeah, with, uh, with Echo, yes. No, no, no. Uh, I just thought it was I, I, I know, but I'm saying Bendis has actually done this before. Actually, he did it in Ultimate Spider-Man with Kitty Pryde's new, new superhero identity as well. Oh, really? Um, what is she, well, like Vanisher she's, or something? Or? She's got like some cloak on and everyone thinks it's a guy and it turns out to be Kitty. Oh. Uh, um, but So I was like, yeah, it, it, it's, it's set right up. And that's how you continue it. Because you've still got Peter Parker. Because mm-hmm. it's a clone of Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, "That's genius, right?" But, but I'm, it's obviously not. But no, exactly. That's like a massive dangling thread. Mm-hmm. Where is she? Yeah. Why did she appear in the death of storyline? Yes, exactly. And I assume that she's actually going to be popping up in the first year. I have, I have absolutely no idea. Maybe not. Yeah. And but if not, then that's a massive. Like, if, for my mind, unless she's appeared in the Ultimate Fall X, I've only read the first two issues of that so far. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then that's a massive oversight. Yeah, because it actually really stood out for me in the death of storyline as well. It's one of the many plot holes there that she just didn't appear at all. Especially since they brought her back within the last year and didn't done nothing with her. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I it, it, it was one of the things that bugged me way back when. Was kind of like, oh, okay, so she's just gonna take the bus and go off into forever, and then apparently never came back while I was following the series. And there was just so many. Bendis would write these long arcs and then have just sloppy, sloppy endings. I just got tired of it, unfortunately, which is a shame because I really, part of me, I have to say, like, part of me is sort of like. You know, I'm talking the talk. Am I really going to walk the walk and pick up the new Ultimate Spider-Man? And I mean, I, I guess I'll flip through it. But part of me is like, man, if I buy a copy, isn't it just sort of supporting Marvel's completely? Like, if you do the right thing for the completely, I almost said ultimately wrong reason, uh, does that make it okay? You know what I mean? Like, I'm very torn about whether to support it in pay any attention to it, just ignore it, you know. Oh, I, I'm curious enough to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what it really comes down to. I think it's a really, really, really cynical move. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am terrified that it's going to be done terribly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm curious enough that I'm going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of, that's it, everyone who's like, well, I'm definitely going to buy it now. He's black. That right. kind of annoys me as well. Do you know what I mean? I've seen people say that. I'm like, I kind of understand it. But it's also like, why? Do you know what I mean? It's like, all, you know, all your DC New 52 that you're complaining about, if all of a sudden every character there was black, would you be picking up the book? Sure. <laughs> why? Well, you know, I mean, at that point it becomes really interesting, but... Uh, <laughs> the entire DC universe. I just I just like the idea that you're like, well, if you're willing to pick it up for cynical reasons, okay. You know, but but I do have this, like, weird, like... No, no, no I guess what I'm saying is, what... Uh, I, what I'm saying is, what is it... Like, if, if it's not cynical to say, well, now that he's black, I'm definitely going to get it, then what is it? Do you know what I mean? 
it feels like it's a uh, positive cynicism for whatever better way of yeah, putting positive it. Positive cynicism. I guess that's I guess that is what you would call activism in in these times. <laughs> no, seriously, there is a point at which I did no, sort no, but, of start. But, that is, but is that it? Are people buying it because they want to support the fact that they're like Marvel is doing a high profile black character? Apparently, some people are. I would be that. Let's put it this way: that would be part of the reason why I would be interested in picking it up. It's one part curiosity to one part like I sort of want to make this stick. But in that case, I wouldn't really. For me, it would be better if I didn't pick up the first issue. It would be more important if I pick yeah, up, pick like up the, the second, third, third issue, and fourth. second, third, and fourth issues, which I'm very well. I don't know. May do. Well, may that, do. But that, that's just it. You might. You might pick up the first issue, and it will be awesome. And you're like, hey. Right. Well, okay. So let's move from that squirrely topic into the next squirrely topic, which is Jack Kirby, uh, Bissett's calling of the for boycotting Marvel. Uh, and uh, yet, yet again, Jeff, I am going to quote my blog. <laughs> because on my blog, I quoted... Uh, apart from Men of Tomorrow, Jared Jones' book, mm-hmm. which honestly has been in my mind so much since the Kirby thing, which is, history is written by the winners sometimes, but some histories are written by the losers. The history of the comic book has been told by those who got rooked and by those who sympathized with those who got rooked. The men who got rich from them kept their mouths shut. The men who founded the companies, bought the characters, and created the multimedia marketing empires, kept their stories to themselves and let the writers and cartoonists write the history. Yes. And that is just that's just been on a loop every single time I think of the Kirby decision. Okay. Because legally, Marvel and Disney are in the right. Morally, they're not. Right. But legally, they're in the right. Well, okay, so here's, here's the thing. This is where I, I sort of start getting squirrely. Is like, let... I, I'm I'm going to uh, grant you that they are legally in the right. I don't necessarily believe that because I think that, frankly, Stanley perjured himself, and I think that there was... Wait, wait, but at what point... Perjured himself about what? At what point do you think that Kirby was not doing work for hire and that he was... Whoa. There, there were enough people that said... And, for example, I, I'm working off of, uh, for example, something that beset... Uh, mentioned on his blog, which was that there was a point back in the 70s where Marvel called everyone in and made them sign contracts. Sure, because, yeah. And what was told at the time was that no contracts had existed before. That yes, what existed, and, and Sh- yes. Jim Shooter's blog is, has, has actually got a lot on that as well. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that means that there are... that the contracts that existed before that time especially with Kirby were probably just largely oral contracts now my understanding and this is where things get sticky because the the judge the New York judge who like dismissed everything very much said there's it was all hearsay except for Stanley Lee was supposedly the only other guy in the room but I feel, based on uh, Kirby's motions and movements in the late 60s and 70s, that he had been promised orally by Marvel 
greater um, allowances and participation once Marvel quote unquote could afford it. That was something that I had actually read before the lawsuit. Again, very secondhand. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if that's something that I actually recall hearing Kirby actually say. Now, and again, part of this is not necessarily the identifying with the person being rooked, but I think we've all been in situations where you continue to do a job based on what people promise you, and then later people are like, I can't do that, nah, you know. So I think that there is a, a good case that could have been made legally if Lee had not flimflammed uh, about the nature of working Marvel method that would have given Kirby and Kirby's heirs a legal right to those characters. But would it give them a legal... I don't think saying we will give you more at some point in the future gives them any legal standing to say, well, that existed. Saying we will do something, Mm -hmm. especially if it's only orally, it's not a legal... This is what I mean by the difference between legal and moral. Morally, no, 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 I'm I totally think well aware. I'm, I, but, I, but I agree like, to you, but it seems to me that oral, it's saying saying something like that orally and not giving somebody a work for hire contract. No, but but saying something like that orally, sure, if they said this is what we are doing, not this is what we will do at some unspecified point in the future. Right. I think there's. I think you're, it's so tenuous. Mm-hmm. That it gets ridiculous. Well, uh, uh, it and again, I'm talking legally, not morally, because morally, I think that Marvel treated Kirby terribly. Okay. Well, uh, again, the thing that's amazing is is that neither of us are lawyers, so there's going to be an extent that's, where that's, it's, that's not amazing. Well, no, 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 no. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure anyone who's listened this far will find that the least amazing part of this conversation. Agreed. But I. I I I disagree with you. I think that there's a way in which things could be made legally. It would be super tenuous. But yeah, let's step you're back. Work, you're from, at least working at a law office, so I will give you that. No, no, no. I mean that's like having a that's like having listening to a doctor's receptionist tell you that you need brain surgery. You know what I mean? Like I'm like But again, I would be like, Well you you work at a doctor's what? office, I know <laughs> like, I will say by with me versus the doctor's receptionist and it's about a medical issue, sure. Right. On you go. But but I do think – and I think part of the reason why I'm willing to hang around uh, loiter on this special doorstep is it's very hard for me to turn around and be like, OK, Graham, so morally, if it's completely and utterly hideously wrong, then why the fuck are we still buying Marvel Comics? Well, that's, that's a really good question. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's it's something that actually worries me. I spend a little bit of time going – No, but like, it's it's why are we still clear. buying DC Comics then? Because – Legally and morally, I think you could argue that DC is treated Siegel and Schuster worse. Uh, I think they did for a period of time, but man, they sort of stepped up to the bat when they were shamed into doing it. And I'm not saying that that's great, but there's a certain amount of shaming. I mean, again, on Bissett's blog, he's kind of like, you know, there was one movie made with a character that I created and I got $45,000 from it. And that is more than I'm willing to bet than Kirby ever saw from Marvel. And you know what? I think at that stage, I'm like, 
that really makes it a little bit easier for me to to operate in that weird realm of like good faith, not bad faith. I mean, okay, well, things here, are, no, 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 wait. I, I've got one little last thing to add, which is things are actually getting squirrelier now that DC is changing things up uh, with the with the intimations that they are going to be doing their best to sever Siegel and Schuster's heirs from. Superman profits by by essentially creating derivative works that they will not be allowed to participate in, which is part of why we're looking at reboots. Now, first of all, do you think that's what they're actually doing? Do you think they're going to cut them out of everything? Because I, I don't think that's what they're doing. Mm, I don't know. I, I, think... I, I think that's a really interesting reading about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, I don't think they'd ever do that because I think the bad PR from that would be toxic. Oh, yeah. Look at how bad it's hitting Marvel. Oh, man. are they, Is it really just like blowing back on them? They've already no, done no, it. No, as no, 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 there's, no. There's, there's a difference between paying someone something and then cutting them off and never paying them. You don't think that it would be worse if, if DC said, okay, we have been paying Siegel and Schuster's heirs all these years and now we're just stopping and Marvel just saying well we've never done it uh, you, you don't think one is worse than the other in terms of PR I, and in terms of the incredible you, are you, are you incredible saying that Marvel sounds better in that regard in, in terms of the, the rationalization that people can make for these things yes dude we're we're already dealing with the crazy basket of snakes people most of whom are in the tank for Marvel Fact is, when the whole Siegel and Schuster thing came out, just as many people bitched on the internet that Siegel and Schuster's hairs were being like greedy. Like, sure, sure, but I'm saying I think there's a difference between. Let's look back at Superboy, for example. Let's look back at once Siegel and Schuster's heirs, it was shown that soup, they had an actual right to the profits and participation in Superboy. Superboy changed dramatically. And suddenly it was a situation like, oh, Superboy, I don't know who you're talking about. Like, we've got, like, this Jeff Johns character that's Superboy of Earth-1, who's such a heinous dick that I'm not sure if anyone really wants to read about him. But we also have Connor Kent, who's not really Superboy. And we've got a new Superboy coming out in, you know, the new 52 that's even less like them. You know? I I don't know. But Okay, but here's my question. Does any of that actually stop any profit sharing uh, to the Siegel and Schuster's? My understanding is yes. I, and admittedly, really? this is this – is, I breezed way too heavily through uh, the, the three or four columns that were posted over at the beat. So I, I imagine I am probably putting my foot in it and being wrong. But my I, understanding I, not, is, is I, that the original creations that the Siegel and Schuster heirs are allowed to have participation in – are the quote-unquote originals. And what DC has done is they have created quote-unquote derivatives of those original characters that they're allowed to create as DC being co-creators of those characters, but they do not have to share in the profits of the derivative characters. See, where I was making the derivative original um, separation was, it was my understanding that Siegel and Schuster received the royalties on anything but they cannot cut off DC from the derivatives 
mm-hmm. that it's in reverse. I think what oh interesting. All right. Uh so I, I, I was under the understanding that the derivative argument really came in insofar as what Siegel and Schuster can make a legitimate claim to own a right. Right. And not in terms of royalties. Uh I thought that it was well, I don't know. Because if because if you're thinking about that, then mm-hmm. Morrison's action reboot takes it much closer to the original Superman. Uh, the Superman has been for years. Right. Like, for decades. Yeah, but in a way that presents it as new and derivative. I mean, isn't that actually sort of the way that um, the the legal guy on the beat posited it, is is that it's it's actually a, a further derivation and therefore more of a threat to Siegel and Schuster than it is? I mean, even if it seems uh, like uh, it's more closer to the quote-unquote original, it's actually very different. Honestly, it's been it's been so long since I read it that I I honestly couldn't say. Yeah, well, again, I'm kind of hoping that I remember to put like two like I don't know kittens like batting a ball of yarn back and forth as like an animated gif for the uh, the image for this <laughs> podcast. So, but yeah, no, I, okay. So to get back to my argument before you cleverly derailed it into DC, and <laughs> why should I have taken that bait? Really, I'm gullible. Uh, <laughs> Why? But why do we? Do we? Why do we? Should we not? Should should we ethically? Is it unethical for us to continue to buy like Marvel and DC comics? Honestly, I think you can make that argument. And why why do we? Because we're selfish, and because (laughs) no, but really, that's what it comes down to. The fans are really selfish. The fans care more about their rights, quote unquote, quote to be entertained, than creators' rights, and always have. Uh, what Beset is suggesting, I, I said this on your drama, is a great idea, but one that is doomed to failure because people will not act against their own selfishness. No, or that's not true. Enough people won't that it, it, Marvel will notice. I think. I think that uh, just in order to be able to sleep at night, my belief is is that people will, if the stakes are high enough. So, but, but then, what? Well, how can the stakes be high enough that they will? In that well, case, that's what, what I'm what, saying. What are, what are your high stakes? Well, my high stakes are talking about, say, for example, human human rights abuses. You know what I mean? No, sure, Which that's, is clearly yeah, exactly. Well, but, that's but, why I'm just saying. I'm just not, sort of qualifying your statement because the way it sounds, I'm like, ooh, Graham. I no, know. I okay on this particular subject. Well, yeah, I, exactly. There, there is an internal oh, I mean, sure, algebra yeah. in our heads <laughs> yes, that I think, yes, exactly. exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. there is a thing that at some point someone will be put out in order to, you know, save someone from a terrible disaster right in front of them. Sure. Right. But that... in, ter- in terms of, do I think that comic fans in particular are selfless? <laughs> People with the worst willpower in oh, the exactly. world. Are selfless enough <laughs> to give up Marvel Comics in order to protest shitty treatment. No, I know. Then then they won't. No, I know. I mean, well, again, because shitty okay, treatment okay, is the thing qu- of like... Here's my question to you then. Are you going to stop buying Marvel Comics because of this? I don't Are know. you going to follow the sets? I don't know. I'm thinking about... I mean, this is the thing. Is like It could go so much either way. Like, part of me is like... It could, like, it would not be like I'm so burnt out, and it'd be really easy for me to quit. That really, it's not much of a victory. Sure, and then, you know and what I mean. Like, like, it's a moral victory. It's kind of like 
Gee, will I give a, a victory of apathy? But yeah, then there'll exactly. be like you know Jonathan Lethem writing a Captain America you know thing with Steve Englehart, and you'll be like, oh, I don't know. Right, I know, totally, totally. I'll have those moments like ah. I'll just have to torrent it. You know what I mean? I, I, <laughs> and that's why the pirates will always win. <laughs> um, no, but you know what I mean? It, it becomes this... I, I, don't, I don't think people will... I, I, I don't think you'll get the, um, the level of outrage even that um, Siegel and Schuster got. Well, I mean... And, yeah. and I don't think that... And I think, for what it's worth, and again, it's because I've been reading Men of Tomorrow recently... Mm-hmm. I think that the Siegel and Schuster even weirdly got treated better than Kirby did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know if, I mean? You, if you follow the post-76 they got, they got, action, yeah, absolutely. No, no, but even before that. Mm. I mean, I, they were kids, sure, but they sold Superman for what was a reasonably good amount of money at the time, mm. not knowing he was going to go on to become massive. Right. No, and, and, and there's a lot of, and you know, after that, sure, mm. DC or, or National as it was then were selfish and dicks, and you know, tried to cut them out as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. But I still think that that shitty treatment was kind of better than what Kirby got. No, I told, I'm totally because at least with you. at least they got the credit. Do you know what I mean? Like at least there was no sign of. I mean, like I think uh, Bob King's studio. Mm-hmm. Were treated worse than Siegel and Schuster were. What? Do you know no. what I mean? Cause, no, because Bill Finger didn't get any credit at all for but, years. But that's Kane's choice. That had nothing to do with 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 with. Um, no, but that's what I mean. No, but that's what I mean on a creator level. Well, on a creator no, no, not, level, on a creator versus company level. I mean, on a, on a creator level, I think Bob that, Kane was like the Image Comics of his day. Sure, you know but what that's I mean? what I'm saying. But I think those creators got treated worse than Siegel and Schuster. Did. I, I, well, I don't. I certainly, Finger did. Not, I don't know not about by, and, yeah, no, 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 no. Not by national, but, right. but in terms of like getting the recognition, uh, both financially and culturally, mm-hmm. for their contribution, I think Bill Finger had oh, yeah. worse treatments than Siegel and Schuster. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, no, no and no. I think that. Uh, you know, Kirby's definitely was treated more shoddily than Siegel and Schuster were in in their time. Mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I. Well, here's the thing. This is my secret shame: is I picked up Men of Tomorrow twice and put it down twice. I will. You, you, I'm, I'm rereading it in the wake of Super Gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and yeah, you should read it. It's very good. I, which I've heard. I, it's actually one of those embarrassing things where I have had friends who don't read comic books who read Men of Tomorrow and were super excited about it. And I'm like, great. And I've actually read, you know, the great You're comic like, book heroes is a touchstone for me. But I like pick it up and like by page five, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I'm just like, I'm got to put this down. <laughs> It's like it because it starts off with like the some pretty great, you know, scene setting of what New York was like when Harry Donovan. Oh yeah, yeah, Heim Donovan and Jack Leibovitz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's pretty. It's right there, and I mean, he goes for it, and I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. And then I wander off to get a sandwich, and it's two years later. Like I don't, I just don't. Man, Man of Tomorrow's is um, Cavalier and Clay, but real. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like it has, it has yeah. the same scope. It has the same mm-hmm. scale. It, it it has the same language. Even I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the true story. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I don't know why I keep wandering away from it. It's 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 a it's a horrifying confession. But um you know, because of everything that I've heard and my support of it, and yet I don't know. It's this weird. Like I go to it, and I'm like, ah. which is why, which is why I just suspect I do will not have the willpower to uh, actually avoid to, to stay away from Marvel. See, yeah. it's really it's really fun for me because I was reading the Besides thing, and he's like, you know, any Kirby created comic you should boycott, and I was like, what do I buy from Marvel? And then it's like, oh, I pretty much only buy Daredevil. Right. I was kind of like, wow, <laughs> so what a pass. I, you know yeah, exactly. What I mean? I'm like, I, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you can pick up that. You can pick up Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's weird because I've been reading more. Um... Like I, I, I buy collections of stuff, which is actually it will impact. You know what I mean? Like I, uh, you know, Parker's Hulk and stuff. Uh, I won't, you know, if I was boycotting the Kirby creations. I'd have to stop reading that in collections and things like that. Well, and I'm not sure. I don't buy Beset. If Beset had made an argument that you should boycott X-Men for the kind of crap way they treated Wayne and Co- Lean Wayne and Dave Cockrum, that'd be one thing. But he's like, yes, and even the X-Men, the uncanny. I'm like, you know, I don't feel like buying Wolverine is really robbing Jack Kirby. I just don't. You know, like I'm not even sure I feel that way about the the new uncanny X-Men which really just had Cyclops and Marvel Girl so radically different, you know? I don't know. I'm very, you know, I mean, I don't, this is the thing. I suspect I won't do it. It would be very fun to sort of sit down and go, okay, what am I actually boycotting here? Um, But in a way, I'm just like, ah, you know, it's very easy for me because there's so few titles that I follow and the few that I'm picking up, I'm really like, like, I, I'm still on the. I've really got to update my my pull list, you know. Um, uh, I, I had to do that when I went to Excalibur. Uh, I guess it was last month at some point. And literally, they just give, pretty much give me previews, and they're like, "So DC's relaunching. You kind of have to change your pull list." Right. right. Like they just put it down. They're like, "Yeah, you have to deal with this." Well, I'm I'm actually fine with that. I added titles, and in fact, I, I'm sure Hibbs is happy because my pull list is bigger than it's been in a while. On the other hand, I'm still getting like, I'm still getting Hickman's FF. I'm like on Secret Avengers, which I I can I've got to get off of. I, Secret Avengers is over in like a month. I, I, wait, isn't it like? Doesn't it go on to be Ellis or whatever? Oh, sorry, I was thinking of Secret Warriors. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Secret Secret Avengers is on to Ellis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll. See oh God, yeah, you should drop Secret Avengers after that. I'm reanimating the statue of Abraham Lincoln. I know, and this is the thing. Like, I should have called Hibbs and just said, cancel, 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 cancel. Yes, abort, you know? abort, abort, abort. Abort. You know, but I, I was reading this issue, this, this, the most recent issue, which is Black Widow, like, showing up and, like, kicking people in the taint for, like, talking trash about Bucky Barnes or whatever. And I was just like, this is... This is like the third issue in a row that he's done an eight-page story blown out to 22 pages, and it would have been a dull a dull eight-page story. So I just – I've got a hey, – Nick, Nick Spencer, he's an up-and-coming face of tomorrow. Oh, man. I'm, the thing that actually knocks my the, – the head off the block is like – and I suppose I should sit down and read Morning Glories and stuff um, – because I know enough people who like it, but like I read an article with him where he was like, "Yeah, you know, I tried to break in in my twenties, and like an editor told me, like, 
you know what? You've got the chops, but you've got to go. You've got to have something to say. Just you've go got to out go and live, live your life. life. Exactly. Do you remember the article? Or no, is I, that I just generic like, bad advice. Like cliche, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that was it. You got to go out and live life. So he's like, so I went out and I lived life and I had adventures and I learned things about the world and I came back and I'm like, what the what the fuck, Nick Spencer? Did you just spend like eight years in your apartment, like eating ice cream and surfing? No, the internet? no, no, no. He he became he was a political operative, as you know, right? You like I'm not joking. He no, went into right. politics. He went into politics, um, and he went to Washington and he reanimated a statue of Abraham Lincoln. I mean, that issue of Secret Avengers is pretty much oh, it's auto bio. Oh. Yeah. No, no wonder why I was so. You, you thought it was. You it. thought it was a metaphor, didn't you? No, I did. It's I actually, did. it's actually just literal. In fact, it's it's like the Marvel Comics version of paying for it. <laughs> so pleased with yourself. Uh, yeah, no, I. I, I was like, "Why not punchline? Come on, come on, come on! Give me, just don't don't let Lester interrupt me. Go, 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 go." <laughs> that's, that's all I think. <laughs> Yeah, I'm reading this and I'm like, I can't believe that I fucking spent money. Like, I, I'm like, shouldn't I get like a pet now so that I can like shred this in a cage or I just wrap old fish in it? Like, I'm really, I'm just sitting here at this comic book and I'm just kind of appalled that it is in my house. I, and I don't want to inflict it on other people, you know, like that whole thing. Of, I, I, uh, I told you how I read that comic, right? Uh, no. That was sent to me by another comic journalist who had read it and was like, this is the worst comic I have ever read. Please read this to tell me I'm not imagining it. Oh, the Abraham Lincoln one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just like, this This is terrible. Please, it's not just me, right? This is actually terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just I I was so appalled when I read that, and then it's been it's been more issues, and I'm just like, oh god, money just flowing out of my pockets. Um, hmm. Yes. So, uh, are are we going to are you going to talk comics? Am I going to talk comics? Uh, in that I have only actually read stuff from the library over the last week because I still haven't made it to the store. Why don't you talk comics? I uh, because I, I have something I want to talk about, but it, I'll get to it later. Okay, fair enough. First thing, let me just express my frustration and loathing for the multinoma library system. Because today, as an experiment, because, you know, we actually have gotten a lot of comments about the Alan Moore Captain America. Uh, Captain America, the Captain Britain uh, collection, where a lot of people are like, oh, I really liked it, and there's stuff about more, and blah, blah, blah. Now, I remember I bought it, I read it, it didn't leave that much of an impression on me. You, of course, were... You, uh, you, you want to read it again, don't you? Yes, I do. I will do. I want to make sure, check my opinions, see your opinions, you know, but of course, I've long ago sold it off in, like, you know, the bins and bins of books that I got rid of, so I'm like, I know. Graham checked it out of the library, I'll check it out of the library. Okay, but here's the thing. I didn't check it out of the normal library. I did it as an interlibrary loan, which you can do. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. I'll look it up. I thought I thought interlibrary loans were just from... I don't even know how I'm going to be able to check that out here. Anyway, my point being, the San Francisco Public Library has a dick collection of Alan Moore. Like, really... Really? Seriously? That, that really surprises me. It, it, I know. I was kind of appalled, too. Here, let me look at Alan Moore, search the catalog under the author, and I, I will tell you, people, what, what... There are 
40 entries in the San Francisco Public Library, all of the branches and everything. Maybe it's 42. Come on, Internet. Alan Moore's The Courtyard, which... Oh, my God, the Avatar stuff that's actually written by Anthony Johnson, right? Exactly. America's Best Comics, Volume 1. Batman, The Killing Joke. Emma, by Jane Austen. (laughs) Wow. From Hell... The movie. From Hell, the movie. From Hell, the book. Well, there you go. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the video recording. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Century, number one. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Ki Ha Bing Tuan LXG, the Hong Kong dubbed VCD versions. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, volume one. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Volume 2, The Mindscape of Alan Moore, A Psychedelic Journey into One of the World's Most Powerful Minds, Two Video Discs, The, the Mirror of Love. Does the Cybersysco Public Library actually have something against Alan Moore written material? Yeah, I, I know, and we're into the M's. <laughs> the Mirror of Love, uh, Alan Moore, illustrated by Jose Villaruba. Mm-hmm. Promethea, Book 1, Promethea, Book 2, Promethea Book 3, Promethea Book 4, and Promethea Book 5. Those are the high points, I think. Shadow Play, The Secret Team. That's the Eclipse. That's Broad, broad to Light thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Smacks. Uh, oh, wow, really? Mm-hmm. Superman, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Swamp Thing, The Saga of Swamp Thing. It looks like it appears to be Volume 1. It might be Volumes 1 and 2. Tom Strong Book 1, Tom Strong Book 2, Tom Strong Book 3, Tom Strong Book 5, and Tom Strong Book 6. Now, I think... Hey, Book book 4 sucked. Yeah. And you know why? Because it was the one where he finished writing it, and Book 5 is where other people took over. Top 10 Book... uh, Is this Top 10? It just says Top 10. Then Top 10 Book 1, Top 10 Book 2, Top 10 The 49ers... Another copy of Top 10, The 49ers. V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta on video disc. Watchmen. 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 Watchmen 2 video discs. Watchmen Tales of the Black Freighter. That is San Francisco, California's collection of Alan Moore. So you know why they're uh, boycotting Tom Strong Book 4? It's got the Jeff Johns written issues. Oh, yeah. Well, no wonder where Tom Strong has his hand ripped off. You know that um, Jeff Johns is, is hated by the San Francisco Public Library system. Um, that's, mean, that's kind of amazing. Isn't that – I mean to me that's just like – I guess people would be like, OK, well on the one hand you've got From Hell, you've got League. Uh, yeah, you've got Watchmen but at the same time there's so much stuff that is not there. There's so much stuff. I mean it really is. Like for a dude that's like one of the big lights, I'm shocked that like – the Swamp Thing stuff is not there. That As we said, I did not use the library when I was in San Francisco, in part because I found the um, the selection really bad. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, and so, I mean, I'm completely spoiled by, by the Multnomah mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. County Library System here in, in Portland. But, uh, like I said, I used WorldCat, which is the World Catalog. Uh, interlibrary loan service to get the Alan Moore Captain Britain. So you should be able to do that. I will write it down now, sir. So, WorldCat, eh? 
Yes. I love that the this is like one of those like inspirational movies where like somebody learns how to read. Uh, I, I just find the fact that the through line of 50 plus episodes of Wait What is going to be you teaching me how to successfully use the library system. Ah, boy, it's sobering. <laughs>